Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, my name's Nick. Hello, I'm Woogie. We are the Mouth of Manliness. This is a podcast all about uh, mental health. But it's not just mental health. Um, it's kind of about people's lives and about uh, how they cope and how they manage in the world. Yeah, and digging into the stories that make them who they are. Yeah, so it's real life stories um, where we talk about things that people have been through and how they've managed and how they've coped and how they've come out the other side. So sometimes it's just me and Woggy here, but more often than not we're talking to guests, uh, sometimes more well-known guests, but more often than anything it's um, just normal people who have been through um, interesting situations. Yeah, and they've all got a lovely story to tell. Yeah, so mouth and manliness, we are about mental health, but we are more about people and stories. So, welcome to the mouth. The mouth of manliness. This is the mouth. Welcome to the mouth of manliness. Welcome back, everyone. Um, It's me, uh, Nick. Here, and this is... It's me, Woogie. How's it going? I hope we are well. Yeah, good, isn't it? It's exciting. (laughs) We're very excited today because um, we're going to do a big live podcast tomorrow at the London Roundhouse. We um, are. In front of quite a lot of people. It's quite exciting. We've been scheming away about uh, what we can can chat about, and uh, it's most likely going to include some of what we talk about today with our lovely guest. Yeah, so it's uh, Matt Sinkovitz. Is that right? Did I say it right? That's perfect, brother. Hey, yeah. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me, Nick. Appreciate being here, gentlemen. Yeah, man. So where are you? I'm in I'm in the U.S. I'm in the States. I'm in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which is the capital of Pennsylvania. Amazing. Sweet. What time yeah. is it there? Right now, for me, it's 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, okay. Cool. Not too bad, then. Not too bad. How about bad. you guys? Uh, it's like 7.30 here. Yeah, oh, this, okay. is, this is why there's beer and cider on our table. <laughs> 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 we just, have a few drinks, not yeah. working tomorrow. Nice. Really. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to this. This is um, actually quite uh, a fascinating topic, really, and it, it takes us um, into realms that we've never been into before. Mm. So um, tell us tell us um, what you do then, Matt. Yeah, so um, I'm a porn, um, abstinence, accountability coach. And uh, my, my, my basic work is I'm, I'm also a mindfulness counselor, but my basic work is to help men that are dealing with pornography addiction, uh, navigate their way out of that prison, which it's very much a prison for a lot of men mm-hmm. and uh, find their 
you know, find their way to long-term freedom from, from pornography addiction. So it's fascinating, like kind of before, uh, before we um, came on the air with you, we were kind of talking about it generally, weren't we? Mm. And, and I, and just like the concept of porn addiction, I think is probably uh, quite a strange one to a lot of people, but mm. um, I don't know, for me, I, I could see, I could see how that would happen. Yeah, and, um, I, sure. I've worked with, um, in my previous job, like, um, I was a probation officer or a parole officer, and I used to work with um, a lot of uh, sex offenders. And um, pornography was often really closely linked to their crimes, you know, like really, really closely linked. So I could kind, of, so I could see where that comes from, really. Yeah, I think I, I've been quite familiar with the the sort of the notion of um, people that use narcotics and and then using uh, pornography as a way of yeah. keeping their brain active and therefore that being linked to the first addiction of narcotics to then mm-hmm. to then go on to have like a weird sort of um, a, I don't know it's like it's like they become they become surged they're, they're together yeah. so so it always leads to like a lonely narcotic use to then go on to to delve into pornography as a as a form of keeping that high longer, I guess. Yeah. Um. And that's yeah something that's been discussed sort of with with uh, certain people throughout my life. It's it's quite interesting, and it's it's it's, it's something to something I'm really quite yeah keen on discussing. Really. Yeah, a lot of our guys that we work with in our in our program and in our community often talk about this association between drug use, whatever it is, alcohol, yeah, whatever, hard yeah. drugs, and, and pornography. Often they go hand in hand. One often leads to the other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. So. Tell me, how did you come to work in this field then, Matt? Yeah, um, well, really through my own journey and, and um, in my own journey out of pornography addiction. Right. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been on the personal and spiritual development track for, for over a decade now. I'm actually a, I'm an ordained Buddhist minister and mindfulness counselor. So my studies are, are deep in the, in the Buddhist tradition and mindfulness and meditation work and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've also been involved in around the, the coaching and personal development we were world for, for, for several years. Mm-hmm. And as I've, as I've kind of grown as, as a teacher and kind of doing my own work and finding, as I mentioned, my way out of pornography addiction in my own life and having to go through my own professional help and get a coach and go through the community. And it's one of those things a lot of people deal with or attempt to deal with on their own. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just um, kind of recognizing what it took for me to find my way out and recognizing that so many men and women yeah. deal with it really in the shadows of life uh it's, it's a really it's a private battle it's a battle that's got a lot of shame around it mm-hmm. and so you know my, my coaching and personal development work just kind of came together with my own personal journey and and wanted to serve you know other men uh, that are going through the same thing and just knowing that a lot of men are dealing with it you know very lonely you know so that's kind of how i came to the work and yeah yeah i mean i i think about i just think about the shame that's associated with mental health like my own shame of being you know hiding my mental my mental health problems and um and yeah of course porn is up there isn't it with you know something that you just don't really talk about or you know it's something it's very private Mm -hmm. so being able to talk to it is key I, i i think i think there's definitely an association oftentimes between porn and, and mental health issues yeah you know i think they feed each other as well it seems mm. yeah and, and potentially how they affect the other people in your life right mm. oh yeah man for um, sure because because then i suppose um something that sort of is very um 
very noticeable in sort of today's times is that because of the access to imagery that is so visceral and graphic, and yeah. it is very much, to put it bluntly, about fucking, not about being part yeah. of a relationship. It's it's really interesting talking to younger people and even seeing how their relationships are and them openly openly discussing sex, having sex, it yeah. being almost to a base level where young people don't kiss anymore. Like yeah. They just get in and they've got this visceral graphic image of exactly what they like. And because yeah. it can be seen immediately, it then it's becoming a, a normal in relationships that that sex isn't something that two people find one another's like nice spot. It's yeah. it's it's a replication of of imagery that they've seen, right? Yep. And I've had several conversations with people about it, and it's like, yeah, man, like I, I, I yeah, it's sort of taking the romance out of it a little. And I think because it is so like you, can, there's nothing wrong in exploring fetishes and things that you like, but having that as a a prefix to like being with somebody like I will only mm. like you if if you wear this certain thing or do this certain thing that I've seen on TV it's yeah. sort of that alone brings on it's it's a total other mental health angle I think because that that you're immediately ostracizing other humans that you could potentially have a really nice time yeah. with or just have a friendship with because of because of this sort of thing in your life and I, th- I think I think that's a it's a massive challenge for someone to go through as well and I think we're finding that with younger people these days, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, again, yeah. just from conversations I've had with people that are openly, openly into watching porn, there's nothing necessarily wrong, wrong with that. I don't think in that 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 perspective, but um, it, it depends on how it's used. I think, and and yeah. it's, it's exploring why, which is obviously where you come in, you know. Yeah. So how does it get them, Matt? What's um, if someone is addicted to porn? What does that look like? Well, okay, that's good. So, 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 like, maybe how would you maybe identify if one is addicted to porn, or if maybe, if maybe what someone would self-identify, what might that look like? Yeah, I, I think I think some of the common qualities. One is it something you've attempted to quit? Maybe you kind of recognize for whatever reason it's not healthy for your life. It's not healthy for your marriage. It's having kind of adverse effects in different areas of your life, and you've tried to quit, or you've made this commitment. And you've been really clear at times to say, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going back to that. And yeah. you continue to find yourself back there, you mm-hmm. know, or if um, and if you continue to return to it and you are noticing these these adverse or negative impacts in your life, you're noticing it's having an, an effect in your marriage or your sex life or at work or your energy levels. Or you're, maybe you're feeling really spiritually disconnected, which happens with a lot of people, um, or you're feeling a lot of shame around it or social awkwardness or even sexual awkwardness around it. Mm-hmm. Another one, I think, is something a, a great indicator. If you find it something that's kind of a regular part of your life, but you're having to hide it, right? you know, if it's something that you kind of have yep. to sneak away, you know, in, uh-huh. in, in your relationship, in the bathroom at night, you have to hide it from your partner. If, if your partner picked up your phone and kind of went through it and, you know, there'd be an issue around what, what they might find. So I think, I think that's another one. If, is it something you're having to hide in your life is another indicator. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's interesting, though, because I think most people would hide, like masturbation most people would hide it yeah well or is it what yeah and no though because i mean it's it's something that you do alone right and it's and it's not necessarily the same as sex either it's another thing so like i in relationships i've sort of spoken quite openly about it um doesn't it's never like I, i think it's how you approach it and it's for what reason if it makes sense i guess I don't. I don't think that that thing in itself is the issue in some way. I think it's more why, why, and when. If that may, I don't know. 
Maybe there's um, something about frequency. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah frequency is a big one. Now, the thing is, I don't think... Um, the reason I kind of mentioned those couple kind of ways to gauge is because, yeah. you know, some guys come to me, you know, and they're maybe looking at porn and masturbating seven to ten times a day, sometimes in extreme cases, you know, yeah. just totally depleting themselves. But some guys, you know, it's less frequent, but it's still an addiction. Maybe they recognize it's unhealthy. So maybe it's only a couple of days a week or once a week, but but they still are really clear that it's unhealthy. And it's something that at, at some point they've decided they didn't want to engage anymore, but they continue to return. They've got right. this compulsive relationship with it. So yeah. frequency is one way to gauge it. But yeah. again, I think those other two, is it something you're having to hide regularly in your life? And is it also something you've 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 told yourself you're not going to do anymore and you yeah, continue yeah. to return? Those are pretty pretty good indicators there as well. Certainly you know? are. So, yeah. So how how do you go about how do you go about helping somebody? Well, it's a it's it's really quite a complex thing, you know. It's yeah. really dealing with this with 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 deep psychological and spiritual um stuff and emotional stuff you know um, a, a big part of our process is really getting to the root relationship of, of pornography for mm -hmm. a lot of us um it started with early sexual trauma or early sexual exposure to um to a sexual experience maybe or early exposure to pornography and people have uh adopted this relationship with pornography much like someone might adopt a relationship with food or cigarettes or mm -hmm. drugs yeah. right and they're continuing to attempt to meet certain needs and to cope with life through through their sexuality and specifically through the outlet of porn, and and you know obviously some people um, their 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 sexual dysfunction it may manifest in pornography but it also may may, may manifest as other forms of sexual you know dysfunction um, such as infidelity maybe or something like that you know compulsive sexual relationships, um, so so really getting to the root of that relationship with pornography is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, uh, learning to identify what needs we've been attempting to meet by going to porn, how to meet those needs in healthier ways, learning how yeah. to be with our emotional state, to deal with these emotions and impulses as they arise um, and, and, and sit, sit with them, be with them. But there's also a lot of other work that we do around it because what we find is it's really about transformation of the man. So that's really what we're all about. We're, we're about much, much deeper transformational work. So our work is a lot about mindfulness work learning to be more um, aware and conscious of thoughts and feelings as they arise in the mind and the body and how those thoughts and feelings manifest into action and that kind of speaks to the impulse control but yeah. we're also we have this theme this idea that says in order to break a habit you must make a habit you know yeah. so so much of our work is about helping men once they've established pornography abstinence in their life what do i do with all this time what do i do with all this energy yeah. what do i do with all this space yeah. now yeah. yeah, I used to work uh, in addiction a bit myself, and um, we used to. Uh, there was a, an acronym, A Loss, uh, but essentially saying that if you um, uh, the addiction is filling a hole of some sort, there's yeah. a why, and then there's the addiction, and then if you give up, then you've got this massive hole in your life that mm -hmm. somehow you've got to fill because that yeah. was really good at filling your time and mm -hmm. your faults. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to just, just, just to tie on to the end of that, just a couple more, just little, little ideas. Yeah, yeah, Another yeah, big of piece of our, our work is, uh, I think within a lot of addiction work, maybe you can relate to this, uh, Nick, is uh, a, a sense of hopelessness or a lack of purpose or a lack of vision in life. You know, yeah. I found, I found in my own journey with pornography that there was a real hopelessness. I didn't, either I didn't have a clear vision for my life or what else I wanted, or maybe I had it, but I didn't believe it was possible. Yeah. So the name of our coaching organization is porn to purpose 
you know, so mm-hmm. a big a big part of our work is in, I think, a big part of the long term recovery process is helping men connect with a greater sense of purpose, a vision for their life, a why, a reason to get out of bed in the morning. If yeah. I'm going to say no to porn, what am I going to say yes to instead? You know, yeah. so uh-huh. really connecting with that and also think uh, a, a lot of the work we also do is really helping the men, helping men connect with with their with their higher sense of self, with a, with a greater sense of integrity, with a greater sense of nobility, you know. What kind of man am I really called to be? How can I cultivate a better relationship with that man and be proud of that man looking back at me in the mirror? You know, yeah. and and what life am I really called to live? And tying back into purpose, what am I what am I here to do? You know, and so these are all different components of our process, um, but all I think all crucial in the long term abstinence uh, journey. So how do you come to those the real? How, how do people come? For starters, like this stuff is. Um, I think it's useful for a lot of people, you know, like these are real kind of, like, I mean, like I say basic, I don't mean it in that way. I mean like core things, Mm. you know, that, um, that can really help, help generally, I think. Um, And especially say kind of like being able to sit in your emotions and recognize your emotions and kind of be with them rather than them taking over or going straight to anger because you don't know what your other emotions are kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that, like emo- uh, that what do we call emotional literacy yep. is like so important. So I just think a lot of the things you're saying are like really good things generally. You yes. know, like they're really, really useful things. Um, the purpose thing is, that's massive. Like to be able to... Um, bring someone to a point where they can feel they know where they're going and what they want yeah like i i think that's that's tough that must be really tough to get get people into that position well it you know it, it it's not for the right ones you know not right. not for the right guys and we're always looking for the right quality of guy we don't we don't bring just anybody into our program and our process we're really looking for the right qualities or certain qualities but yep. so many guys, you know, like with one of our students right now who's approaching, you know, six months porn free and he's in his 50s. You know, he's had his relationship with porn, porn for over 30 years, you know. Yeah. And um, whenever we first talked, you know, kind of getting clear on why he wanted to do the work and why this work was important to him. He's a, he's a husband and a father. He said, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to be the man that I know I'm supposed to be. I want to get back to my to my true self, you know. Mm. And, and, and so that's there. I think that's there for all of us deep down. Maybe, maybe we've forgotten about it or we, we've ignored it or suppressed it for a lot of times. But what we do is once we, once we are able to help gentlemen establish abstinence, that stuff begins to reemerge, you know, and that's why throughout the duration of our full pro- of our course, we're really working on helping them tap into a greater sense of why a greater sense of vision and, and, and that idea of purpose. Like, who do you want to be? Like what life inspires you? Like, What's an idea that energizes you and makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? So that's all very natural, in fact. So we just right. kind of help them naturally find that and reconnect with that themselves. Mm. And it's beautiful to see a man come from the depths of pornography addiction to living a more full, engaged, inspired life. And now he's pursuing this this greater vision for his life. You know, it's mm. very natural, actually. But I think that also that kind of taking that thing, if someone's able to take that thing out of their life, then they're able to be kind of more present. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of like that. That's the mindful thing, isn't it? To be kind mm-hmm. of present and just to experience things as they are without yes. something else taking you somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and that's really tough because everything takes us everywhere else all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, like life is naturally quite um, 
I mean, you, you, we're constantly being grabbed for our attention, whether it's social media or, and and that can often lead to sort of you know, you can go down a spiral of in in anything like sitting watching YouTube as opposed to porn or for like hours and hours and hours and hours. It's like it's so easy to do that shit because it's yeah. it's for it's it's forced upon us. So literally, we our, our sort of natural callings are constantly being are constantly being sort of attacked, if you like. Yeah. So it is down to us to actually have a little bit of support and 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 to and to uh, to engage with the right people and then and therefore like the right I don't know like the, the the right encouragement to sort of find yourself and like if you're a creative it's really easy to just go no I'm gonna sit on my ass today or whatever yeah. and it's and it's it always takes like a conversation to say did you finish that tune and so you're like um no and it's like I really should and it's like someone sort of gives you a little bit of encouragement. But then it's strength in numbers, isn't it? So then you go out and have a conversation with people, and everyone. And then the minute you realise that everybody is sort of in the same slump, if you will, and it might not be an addiction per se, but that it's still a journey that you need somebody, you need help with. And yeah, I, th- I think yeah. encouragement and actually having a community there to sort of help encourage the best part of you, which is what good friends do, actually. Um, and then you know, life's never too short to make even more friends. So it's. It's an inspiring thing, I think. Um, you know, it's interesting actually because, uh, like, I, when I was um, the, the stuff you sent me, um, and I, I saw like the community element that you have, like the Facebook group, um, then the idea of community, uh, so then people don't feel, you know, like, yeah, I've got a problem, but I'm not the only one. So it takes the shame out of it, yeah, because there's there's a group. Mm. Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. it, man. You know, um, uh, as I mentioned, you know, pornography is one of those things that we deal very much uh, isolated yeah. through our lives because, I mean, just uh, being a human being in the world today, there's a lot of there's a real taboo nature around sexuality. You know, it's yeah. hard to talk about for whatever reason. Yep. You know, I, I don't know where 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 we went off course there, but you know, the most natural thing, the thing that's that the reason we're all sitting here today, you know, um, but there's a lot of shame around it, and especially sexual. We'll just say dysfunction, you know, these these sexual things that 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 we kind of get into, man. There's a lot of shame, and um, mm. yeah, and people do not feel the freedom to to seek help for it. Certainly not to talk about it. A lot of times, yeah. someone might have a hard time talking to a partner or a friend or even someone they're close to because of that shame. So, yeah, yeah. getting it, and, and so you feel very alone in that journey. Yeah. And so, getting into community and recognizing that you're far from the only, you know, f- far from alone in this journey, and a lot of people are dealing with it. I think uh, it, it, it gives you support, that camaraderie. But as you mentioned, I think it kind of neutralizes a lot of that shame. You yeah, know, we yeah. can begin to take something which we that's which has kind of been festering in the darkness for much of our life. We bring it into the light and we take back our power and it's very empowering. It's interesting. You, you know, like you said, um, often it's like, what was the what was the initial experience with porn? Mm-hmm. Um, where does that come from? Uh, and, and why? And then you know quite often you know it's like with mental health like where like where something happened usually years ago that happened and took you on this path where things mm. uh you know just made you unwell and i think um yeah as you say you know if, if it becomes an issue then it's serving a purpose and there's and the yeah. purpose is probably started many years ago mm-hmm. and getting to that kind of root cause um, mm-hmm. I know for me, kind of like going through therapy, that kind of really, you know, like I thought I knew, but then you're going through a lot of therapy, and after a while, you're like, ah, oh, it's something else. Yeah, 
Yeah. I actually thought it was that, but there's more to it than that. Um, and then that's the beginning of healing. You know, and that's the beginning yeah. of getting better because then you can kind of reconcile a bit and you mm-hmm. you take that kind of self-blame out of it. Um, oh, no, you said something else that really kind of uh, really resonated with me. Um, I should write these things down. Yeah, we should. <laughs> so what's the process then, Matt? What's the process? Because you said like six weeks. So do you have a program? Yeah. Yeah, we have a 90-day uh, program that we take our guys through. It's called the Liberation Boot Camp. Um, our our goal is to get all of our guys actually to a year porn free. Yep. We think once we we've seen once we get our guy to a year porn free, and we've also worked with them and helped them establish this new kind of philosophy, this new way of being, this new way of living. Um, hmm. And and really, I think a year porn free and doing the deep work in that space really helps the, the man make the identity shift, yeah. which is so necessary. We talk, you know, we, we talk to our guys who just kind of recognize i can recognize in my own journey you look back to that time and that's you're just that was a different version of you yeah. you know and, and, and you no longer identify with that with that older version of you uh, anymore so yeah we have, we have a 90-day process and then we have an extended kind of uh support program that we that we then lead our guys into uh to get them to that one year porn free but yeah it, it's a it's a 90-day very intensive it's it's a group it's direct work with oh, me and then, it's, and then it's their own work on their own uh, for that 90-day period, a ton of accountability, a ton of community, really going deep and also establishing those new habits and, and, and ways of being, yeah. Ah, uh, right, right. I can remember what it was, um, identity. Like, I yeah. quite often find myself coming back to identity and uh, many people I've worked with and spoken to over the years, it's so much is about um, identity and that lack of kind of, uh, understanding the self or knowing who you are so you mm. because you don't you struggle with your identity or you feel like your identity is bad in some way yeah um that that you then try and kind of master that identity often with substances often with yeah like porn you know it, mm-hmm. it's something else mm. um and the idea of trying to build up identity and mm. kind of help people to find their identity um, I think like that's that's got to be the key, isn't it? Like, that, yeah, like, I for really sure. really love that. I love that you do that because I think that's so so important. I think it's it's really interesting that there's a there's clearly like much with any sort of uh, addiction. There's a process that one goes through. Like I've I associate sort of my addictive nature like when I was using a lot of like drugs and stuff. And it was always, it was always obviously to try and make myself feel better. But there's a process you go through in order to do it. Like, you get drunk, you do this, you do that, and and you you find yourself in a point on your own. And I think I, I can certainly see how, again, like finding yourself alone in a room where you can then you can use a, a device to find um, something that you know you know that the endorphins are going to flow in your brain, and it, and it's it's. It's it's that that process I find fascinating because you have to go through steps to get there to get gratification effectively, and you yeah. know you know it's wrong but in your own ritual, head. But that's that the ritual, rit- the ritual, ritual of doing, element of, of most addiction. things. Yeah, are yeah are quite often as good as if not better than the yeah. actual thing. Yeah, but you're around in, the money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Of course, of course. That's what we like. That's, yeah, of course it is. It's the idea. The I ritual think about is my, my issues with substances and things. It's, it's more ritual but yeah, than anything else. And is. there's also an element of debasement. Yeah, that, of course. That you feeds know. that I, I don't like myself. Uh, yeah. 
um, and I'll debase myself in some way, and yeah. I kind of quite like that. Yeah, because I'm that shit. It's like that but self-destructive it's, element. It's, it's. I, I just find that it's, it's interesting you said about like replacing and yeah. and re- replacement being the key. It's like it is. It, it is the same thing of like you can literally type you. Tube or porn, right? <laughs> and, and you could, you could watch a shitload of comedy. You could watch Bill Burr. You could like, you know what I mean. You could really enjoy that, or you could, yeah, watch you porn and then find yourself feeling debased and disgusted. It's like, so like that, 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 that sort of approach or idea is, it is no, it is no different to the fact of walking into an off license and picking up a bottle of Evian or a bottle of wine, and then yeah. if you drink those two bottles of wine, then making a phone call and so on and so on. So it's, it's, it's encouraging to. To hear that, I don't know that, that it is a it is it literally about identifying the alternative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I find like I think I think something I'm quite curious about to ask actually on your journey, and obviously not to name particular cases or anything, but with the the type the type of pornography watched, is that something you have to deal with, like in a and on a potentially sort of because I mean that, that can be quite a dark place in terms of sort of what people watch, okay? So like. And I think we're familiar with that, like, you know, in terms of sort of paedophilia links and things yeah, that are just, or like, or quite aggressive sort of things and so on. So, I mean, have you had cases where you've had to, you've had to work with other people in order to ensure that this, these people are safe and, and yeah. safe in their own, in their own headspace? So they're not going to, I don't know. I don't know where I'm sort of, what my question really. Oh, okay. But... Yeah. So if, if, for example, if someone was watching uh, a lot of porn, that might be the thing that, although this, doesn't normally happen this way. No, of it course. might be the thing that would stop them going out and committing a rape, for example. Um, is that what you mean? No, I just, I just mean sort of the visceral nature of it. If it's something that disturbs you, as somebody that works with somebody else. So, like, yeah. if you're working with an individual, and if if something they choose to watch, like, do you go into that far detail? Is what I mean. I think is, we is... we do, but we don't spend too much time there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm typically aware of, of what what they're getting into, um, just because it, it there's some indications there. For instance, um, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, as you mentioned, Warren, you know, it can get really dark. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and that's yeah. the nature. Like, it's not just Playboys today, like it used to be. No, you know? no, and I think no. that's one of the one no, of no. the issues. Right? I mean, there's no end to that bottomless pit of pornography. Yeah. You know, it goes deeper and deeper and darker and darker. Um, and that's where guys really find themselves in this place of like, how did I get here? You know, yeah, because yeah, they're just yeah. looking for that more extreme thing, that next dopamine hit. Like yeah, you got to go yeah. further and further, just like I think with any substance, you know, exactly. You're looking, yeah. you got to go deeper and exactly. deeper. Um, but like one, one, like one thing is like, uh, say a guy kind of finds himself in the world of like the whole, the whole domination um, yep. thing, you know what I mean? Or punishment, you know? Mm, now, yeah. again, I think there's a healthy side to everything. That might be a healthy part of someone's sexuality where they like yeah. to, explore the roles and the polarities and yeah, how that all course. works that there may be a healthy expression of that i think i'm sure there is in fact mm. but i think whenever the shadow aspect of that comes out and we find guys that are really kind of getting into the into the maybe the dark side of that and maybe they're dealing with self-esteem self-worth yeah. shame yep. issues and they feel that they're worth less and they don't deserve and that's kind of being expressed in their sexuality and they prefer a boot on their head maybe or something like that yeah. and to be to be tied up and bound <laughs> and punished yeah. Now that could have deeper implications, you know. Yeah, and, of course. And, and and deeper implications in terms of our general sense of worthiness and deserveability in the mm. world. You know what I mean? And yeah. do I even feel as though I'm I'm deserving of something better or deserving of freedom? You know. Um, mm. So there are implications there, and I think maybe maybe porn genres can be an indicator as to what um, maybe some deeper underlying issues. You know, so that would be helpful to know. 
I think I think what's in, interesting, like that, I think. I think the type of person you are potentially, and this, this is quite a light-hearted look to it, but I mean, in terms of like what you may search for, I think it's an indicator of like when you're younger, something you experience, something you like, and that and that, that often would, would um, dictate, I don't know, it could be that you just like girls with brown hair as opposed to blonde hair, right? So you would naturally type in that, I think, because that's your preference. I think like you've got to get yourself into a place uh, as you get older, I think, well, because like, again, like having fetish, fetishes or, or other things, I think is is quite a normal thing. You know, if if it's explored, if it's explored in the in, in a way where you know no one's getting hurt, because you can find communities where some people like certain things, and that is okay. But like, I, I think it, it's 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 interesting how the human mind works. In that you'd rather be punched in the face by someone wearing a leather costume than have a cuddle, right? So, right. And 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 but it stems from. I mean, we've obviously said it a few times, but it, it must stem from a, a place where the more exposure you get, and and I, I just find that massively interesting. Like, just because it can just be something you like, but it's just that deeper, deeper push, isn't it? In, like, into your own, yeah, into your own headspace, and, it's, and it's it's you that does it though. So yeah. you're you're doing that to your, like you're. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, I just find it fascinating how, how we as individuals get ourselves into that. I think yeah. I do. It's 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 quite the journey. I feel it's psychology, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and yeah, why people do what they do. Mm. And I guess that's kind of a key to what you do, Matt. Is kind of is the why's why why are yeah. you in this position? Um, if it's causing um, if it's called uh, has a negative impact on your life. But yet you keep doing it. That's addiction, yeah. you know. And that's what it is. And um, and yeah, and why? Um, yeah, I find it. There's a Manic Street Preacher song uh, when there's a, a line in it when it says, "My idea of love uh, comes from a childhood glimpse of pornography." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the and this idea that uh, love is uh, is porn. It's not. Uh, you know, it's not gentle. It's not caring. It's not loving. Mm. I've worked with, um, uh, not long stopped working with like kind of uh, teenagers and they um, they really, really look down on someone who would uh, like fillet a woman. Like that's, right. like that's really bad, that's really wrong, you don't do that. And Someone who would do what, Nick, I'm sorry? Uh, like cunnilingus, like oh. go down on a woman is yeah. what you're trying to say. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to be posh, but they're like they they look really down on that, and they see that as being awful because that's not what men tend to do in porn. Interesting, and um, and the uh, the general acceptance like of uh, younger women that um, uh, like they haven't done a good job if the man doesn't come in their face. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And like that's. I mean, what world do we live in where that's a thing? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's okay. really it's sad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, th- th- that that's what I say, man. You know. Um. So so thankfully, me when I was introduced to pornography, it was it was a more innocent age. You know, we had just yeah. gotten a computer in the house. That was a big deal, and yeah. you know, it loaded slow, and you could get some still pictures, and yeah. maybe you could find a video, but not like and like. My introduction to pornography was my friends out back in the in the clubhouse showing me, you know, Playboys and penthouses, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it wasn't in our in our pocket phone, you yeah. know, and it wasn't these extreme genres that was just endless, 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 you know. So mm. thankfully, I was introduced to porn from, from that perspective and my and my relationship with porn still got out of out of hand, you know, but I feel like these young kids who are growing up 
with these iPhones and with, with these phones in their pockets mm. and just instant access to the most extreme stuff. And, you know, not only I think are their sex, their sexual tastes and preferences probably being more, but their expectations, as you mentioned, yeah, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are being formed in this way, especially if they don't have a healthy uh, like mentorship from their parents, mm, yeah. you know? So yeah, who knows what, what, you know, 20 years may, you know, down the road may look like. Also, I've got a stat pulled up right here in front of me. Yeah, a yeah, recent yeah. study showed a 400% increase in ED or erectile dysfunction among yeah. ages, uh, around, among men ages 18 yeah. to 30, you know, is that right? Be- because of this early exposure. Is to pornography it, is, so is it linked? And, and just, so you're having sex, you're having sex, but it's not, like porn so yeah so it's desensitization right yeah. so, it really so, is, and, yeah. and therefore the expectation of your oh. partner isn't that of what you see so you get less excited yeah but, but it's that thing of like i mean not not i don't want to talk too graphically but i remember sort of being a teenager and like you know seeing a girl naked for the first time and being like like fucking hell like do you know what i mean yeah. this is the best thing in the world ever and yeah. and it and I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't ever dream of like being as as old. I know I was kind of young, but like, you know, but like at the same point, like now it's so different. Like, you, I mean, as you said, like iPhones, and this is the thing that 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 is what worries me, man. It's like you know, and people used to say when I was a kid, if you play like Grand Theft Auto, you're gonna go out and assume that you can like steal cars, sort of thing, and that. And it's like not quite the same do you know what i mean but i think the problem is with like relationships we want to be in relationships we're bred that way regardless of like the sexuality of it yeah we we are attracted to people and it's a natural thing to want to have sex with somebody so that that thing is like that comes more or less before pardon the pun sorry it it comes comes more or less before before like anything else in terms of your when you start liking somebody you then start liking how they look and you notice things and as, as you progress that excitement is totally fucking gone um, and and it, it doesn't surprise me actually that because I, I think sort of that youth culture now in terms of exploring their sexuality is is not brought forward as such. I, I quite like the confidence in it now. People don't like to be defined by. They're much more open, and it may it may well be linked that like they're they're linked in sexuality, whether they're like they don't, or, or identifying as how they are, could work could well have been informed by the fact that there's so much stuff out there that it's better just to shut it out and just decide actually what you like and to be encouraged that whatever you like is is okay also yeah, yeah, so that's a it's, it's kind of like i think potentially a subversive way of it and more and a progression actually as well because yeah. sexuality is less of a problem and therefore if you if you, you try you decide to shun the visceral nature of like heterosexual porn which is tends to be like i mean from from my, my knowledge of course T- tends to be like the the the, the base of it. Submissive woman. Yes, exactly. Powerful yeah. man. Yeah, but that that, right. that that image hasn't changed since That's the seventies. Interesting, 70s, right? actually. Like I, I I've quite often think about these things as being linked to like early attachment, and yep. um, but then if you think um, like. I imagine that it comes a point with with a lot of men where if they're if they're not feeling secure in themselves, mm. uh, they are feeling lost. They're, they're struggling with their identity. Um, that um, you know that element of porn, that kind of me man, um, you you know submissive woman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that fulfills an element of need. Yeah, you know, like that. Mm. And sometimes I go back to attachment. It's you know, maybe the, like if you, you didn't have a secure attachment when you were growing up. That's you feel a need to feel. Yeah, yeah, I see that. 
significance is 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 one of the words is one of the needs that I've heard porn fulfilling a sense of significance. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. But this is not obvious. You know, oftentimes this is not obvious or apparent. This may yeah. be something that we have to do some deeper exploration and 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 uh-huh. you know digging to kind of realize like oh I get a sense of significance when, right. when I go to pornography, but that's not why we go to it necessarily. You know. Yeah. But like that's kind of, yeah, so that's a, like a byproduct of it is that you, yeah, you feel significant. Is it? Do you explore that the fact of obviously it being a physical because obviously masturbation is directly linked to watching porn. So, um, is it is it a sense of sort of physicality with with an emotive like that is is a I don't know how to put it really. Um, like the 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 emotions that you would typically get from having a partner, if you're not fulfilled by them, or you are single and alone, and then therefore. It, it, the, the the physicality of doing it whilst some somebody else in inverted commas being in the room is is that explored often because again like from loneliness because you can still be lonely and with somebody in a relationship right yeah. sexually yeah. I mean as well um, yeah I, I think I, I just want to maybe um, make sure I understand your question um, yes yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. no no just because it's a physical thing yeah. so like, re, re, it's like replacement so you're replacing a partner yeah. so so I would uh, say so. right okay. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say, you know, so what we, I kind of talked earlier about, oftentimes we, we go to pornography or whatever yeah. the drug is, right, um, to, to fulfill certain needs. And and so a big yeah. part of our work is what needs have I been attempting to meet by going to porn? One of those needs is definitely connection, you know? And, 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 and you look, I mean, sexuality is an expression or a means for connection, you know? Yes, of course. Our sexuality is also uh, an expression of love, you know what I mean? So a lot of yep. times I think that's what people are looking for connection yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. And, and for love man you know yeah 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 and that's a really good place to come from really because it's what it's it's what we all crave in in one way or another right i mean such a big part of our work as well as also you know yeah self-love you know yeah. you gotta yeah, find that within yourself versus trying to go outwardly for it so that's a big part of our process uh, as well matt yeah. matt my favorite thing yeah the idea of looking elsewhere to feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and elsewhere is not where better is. No. Yeah, brother. Better's yeah. inside. Yeah, and, of course. Um, and yeah, and I think like that speaks to most like addiction, pretty much as a whole. Really, like you're looking elsewhere to try and make things better, or a substance to make things better. When um, yeah, there's a gap in you. Mm. That's why I like what you're talking about because yeah. um, it's very much about. Like filling that gap and trying to get people to a point where they are happy with themselves, mm. and and they are um, happy, they're confident in their own skin, and you know, and I think like that's the answer more often than not. Yeah, like if you can feel fulfilled in what you do every day, it, like uh, like the small things. If the small things you can find beauty in the small things. Um, I think that's very true. Then, then there's your answer. I really think that. But you achieve a sense of calm, don't you? Once, once you've come to terms with things. Like, I, I got some really good advice a little while ago. I mean, I, I meditate when I can, but like, one of the best things when I wake up and I've started to do it, it is that you get up, but when you wake up, you sit on the side of your bed and you just sit for ten minutes. You just sit mm-hmm. and you you open the day up that way, as opposed to, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not I can't always do it because I've riddled with anxiety often, and and, I'm like, and I'm a bit ADHD, so this is just sort of what happens. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you I'm get sure. up and then, oh, but the best thing about it is that then you can sort of take gratification in the small things. Like, I mean, it might sound silly, but actually achieving to wake up, make breakfast, 
clean it up, put it away, get your papers out, not like go, oh, and just do everything sequentially to find yes. happiness in it. Because when I do it, when the evening's done, I'm not like rushing to get to the pub or rushing to go out. It's a sense of calm. And it's like you, you seem immediately calm. Which, yeah, you do. And you do. And, and that's it's just from your, your, your natural being, quite frankly. And, and it's, that is a lovely thing, you know. And it's, it's something that I, I mean, I've always kind of liked and I, I idolise as, as what I will have. And I, and I have it on, on certain days. But it's funny, I think, when you deal with, when you deal with the stuff, like the stuff that's, that's just there. Because that clarity is so important, isn't it? I'm really, uh, I, not maybe last year, um, we had a guy on who, um, who studies Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was so much in what he was saying just really rang true. Yeah. It was just like these real kind of simple messages um, that just made so much sense. Yeah. It really did. Do you mind talking about that for a little bit, Matt? Yeah, sure. Is there anything in particular that you'd like to touch on there? Um, I tell you, one of my favourite things uh, was the not trying, not looking to be happy all the time. Mm. Um, it's that this idea that you're always going to be happy is quite unattainable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's more about trying to be um, content. Yeah. Which I, I really loved that. I really mm. did. So how did you uh, how did you come to that that area Matt how did that, you get into th- that, that path of work yeah yeah man uh so I'm 38 years old I was uh, at age 25 I found myself in a place of just deep dark depression and just right. really suicidal you know mm. just obsessive thinking and feeling and mm. unhappy with myself and just you know just a, a young kind of lost man you know and um just didn't want to live anymore and I I, I remember I had a, this this moment of, of awakening or awareness when one day I was sitting at, at this job, which I was unhappy at. I just kind of woke up to the idea that, you know, I, and I was feeling very much a victim to my mind and to my thinking. And uh, mm. I, I had this moment of awakening and I just kind of recognized that, okay, if I can see and recognize these thoughts that I'm having, there must be another part of me that can observe these thoughts. So maybe I'm not my thoughts. Maybe I'm not my feelings, but I'm uh, having yeah. thoughts and feelings so, and I'm identifying yeah, yeah, myself yeah. with them. That That's was yeah. kind of my moment. And I just had this, this little glimpse, like a little door, a little sliver opened up for me. And I just kind of had this little moment of, of insight. And from whatever that experience was, I can still see myself sitting at this desk now. I began to explore my mind. And I went to the bookstore that night. I was living away from home. I went to the bookstore that night. And I picked up a couple books on mindfulness, meditation, Buddhism, and a book by a, a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza, who was all about help learning to rewire our brain in the ways that yeah. our the way in which our brains worked and our, our the neuroplasticity of our minds. Yep. And um, I just began digging, and that was my that was my path. And really, it was for me. It was I was trying to save myself, and I got into meditation, and I just began I began my meditation practice at that that time, learning to create space between my thoughts and my feelings and, and my greater self, you know, mm. and um, learning just to create, just trying to find some peace in my life. That ultimately led to me to deeper studies in Buddhism. And um, I ultimately began studying with a local Sangha or, you know, uh, Buddhist community for regular meditation. And that led me to, to, to my teacher who I began studying more deeply with. And they had a seminary there um, for, you know, for deeper work in, in mindfulness, uh, met, you know, uh, and meditation and mindfulness art and mindfulness counseling. 
and ultimately a, a degree in, in Buddhist ministry. So I did that, you know, like, which is interfaith work, you know. So I did that um, to really deepen my own studies, my own path, and it ultimately led me to, to, to the work that I do today. Um, I started off early in my life. In, uh, I grew up in a Christian household and doing work with my parents in missions work, prison work. Um, and so my, my work now in Buddhism um, and, and my interfaith work, which is kind of just a portion of the work that I do, has led me to interfaith work in hospitals and prisons. And I actually take this work, um, mindfulness and meditation, into prisons. Mm. And I do, I do you know, meditation and, and, and work with the men as a spiritual advisor there as well. So that's kind of how I got into the Buddhist. Life. It was really just trying to save my life and my sanity and find yeah. some some way out of my mind, you know, ultimately. So inspiring. Yeah. Despair, really. Despair yeah. takes you somewhere. Like, if you are at a point of despair, I know I've been at a point of despair many times, mm. uh, yeah. and you get to a point where you're like, um, I will do anything yeah. to, to stop this. Mm. And um, one of my big turning points was, like you said, um, that... Uh, realization that hold on, I can step, I can actually be separate from my faults. Yeah, that was that was. I, I tend to say like your brain's not in charge. You know, like you can, say, you can be separate from your faults. One of your taglines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it's really you, hard. It's really really hard. But you have a glimpse, and then you're like, oh, there's something in that. Yeah, exactly. That it's not in charge. Mm. Oh, it's, oh, it's just so cool. It, and what I also like is. Um, Buddhism's not um, there's no it's not like other religions it's uh, there's no yeah. telling anyone it's all about you mm. and that's it's more so psychology rare. I think yeah, uh, yeah, know, yeah. philosophy for, for yeah. a peaceful le- uh, you know peaceful living is what I found it to be you know yeah and I like um, I think people often kind of uh, like they struggle with the idea of mindfulness because they feel it's um, because they you know they'll be like oh it's a bit new agey hippie thing but no. Uh, like mindfulness essentially is like like Buddhism, isn't it? It's it's, kind of, it's totally in that realm, and it's about yeah. yeah, just being able to be still. It's essential. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah. essential to to live in this crowded mental space that we are in every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, it's a, post sort of COVID pandemic stuff, the that because people have ha- have been forced to be at home. And, and that that in itself obviously brought a lot of a lot of negatives uh, energy there. But the one thing about it you're noticing is people tend to be more at home with their own thoughts, and therefore there's a positive outcome in that. In that, I don't know. There there is a subtle sense of calm. It's less of the rat race situation in town at the moment. It's getting back to what it was because people are allowed to in in London. This is, but it. That, that, that there is still there is a noticeable difference and people are that little bit slower and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because it enables yeah. us to shield shield the negative. Yeah, people right? are a bit more. I think if people are a bit slower, then they're a little bit more aware. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's that thing. Take a breath. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm guilty of totally not doing that. But but when I do do it, it it, it enhances everything. It's that little bit of calm. Right? It's quite interesting. I don't. I hope you don't mind me asking. Um, did did um when you kind of found Buddhism, did that conflict with like you growing up in a Christian household? Not to me, but to my parents it did. Because well, yeah. from I think from the I'll just I'll use this term very generally, but from the outsider's perspective or someone who's not gone deep into those studies, you know, you're taught generically speaking that anything outside of Christianity or whatever your your given faith mm. tradition is very often 
is of the devil you know it's yep. there's yeah, something yeah. you know in, in, inherently dark and evil uh, uh, bad about it so hmm. so for me you know buddhism complements you know i think yeah. all faiths and all traditions and i don't think there's any conflict if you really go in and do an honest uh, investigation if you're willing to do so yeah, but from the outside cool. i think i think people do see a great conflict but yeah i mean uh, i don't i don't i don't worship buddha or anything like that i think he was a way shower you know much like i view uh, christ you know what i mean and uh -huh. i think i think there's a lot of beautiful teachings in the christian faith as well yeah. you know and, and a lot of parallels you know so i don't see a conflict but i think a lot of people do because they have not done the investigation yeah i guess yeah uh, but yeah i think like there's that kind of um like I, I kind of get quite into this stuff. Uh, so, you, like, you go back to like the Greek philosophers, and their idea of um, was very much about uh, the self, mm. and and mm. Buddhism is very is kind of more about the self. Whereas, um, often, you know, like on the face of it, a lot of religions are more about the outwards, mm. someone yeah, yeah. else. And that's yeah. why that's why like Buddhism kind of resonates with me, and the the idea of it being about you know, um, you get into a place mm. and and you can control how mm -hmm. you think and what you do. Mm. Yeah, I think it's about I think it's about learning to be our own our own savior and our own yeah, salvation, yeah, yeah. And going yeah, inward yeah. versus looking for something outwardly, which we already touched on today. Mm. You know, and yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm very much a student of of uh, theology. You know, and in my own personal studies around the teachings of Christ, even I, I believe that's more Christ's message is that, you know, we are our own saviors. You know, it's not, yeah. it's, it's not looking outwardly for our salvation. It's learning to go inward for our yeah, salvation. Yeah. And that's, that, that's where it is. And that's, I think that's the message of Buddhism as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Stepping out of the general dogma and actually kind of thinking about it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. The idea that, um, yeah, you're your own savior. But I totally, that, that, that mm. rings a bell with me all day long. I like mm. that. I like that very much. Yeah, brother. Oh, man, it's been great. Yeah, man. You're such a superstar. I really enjoyed that. It's really made me think about things. Yeah, it's. I, 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 I'm. I love the drawing the parallels to 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 other conversations we've had, and uh, it's it's lovely to hear what you're doing for people. Yeah. It's incredibly encouraging, and and yeah, your sense of calm is wonderful, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah I love that. Yeah, man, you're doing it well. You're doing it well. But just like the general parallels with uh, a lot of the things we talk about, uh, about like all these, a lot of the things we've talked about in this last hour, I think are really, really helpful for us generally, and helpful yeah. for us all and our mental health, like just generally. I think we've kind of covered so many important points. Yeah, we have. It's amazing. Where can our people find out more about you, Matt, and what you do? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. Uh, so we have a support group uh, online, private a support group for men only. Um, and uh, they can find us on Facebook at makingpeacewithporn.com okay. is the name of the group. Uh -huh. And we're doing a lot of work. We do challenges in there. We got a ton of, we got, we, we talked today about community and accountability yeah, and an opportunity for men to open up and get into dialogue around this stuff and not be alone in this journey. Uh -huh, so yeah, yeah, we've got this place and it's very much, you know, as I'm an interfaith man, uh, an interfaith space where we honor all faiths and all traditions, uh -huh. and we just respect each other and, and create a safe, loving com container to come in and do this work and have these conversations. So yeah. that's what the community is about. Um, there is, uh, and, and if you're looking for more direct or immediate support, you can always just email me at makingpeacewithporn at gmail.com. Cool. It's also like you sent me uh, a, a download for yep. a book as well. 
Yeah, there's there's a download. I don't know if you can include it in your links or how yeah, you I'll guys try do to. that. But yeah, we have yeah, a free download, um, and it's it's called the Freedom from Porn Accelerator. It takes men through a lot of the uh, through a lot of the stuff that we talked to, about today, getting getting more clear mm. on the why. Mm. Starting with with the pain that we're finding ourselves in currently, what we want to be moving toward, where, where we want to go differently, what's the vision for our lives, mm. and also creating greater levels of awareness around the needs we've been attempting to meet by going to porn and how to meet those needs in a healthier way. It's a guide that we that, that we walk guys through, um, and we do training around. and And I sent you that link, so however you want to supply that uh, for yeah, that I'll try. if I yeah, can share it, I will do. I'm sure I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really really cool. Thank you, Matt. I really enjoyed that. You're a superstar. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and being our guest. That was great. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much, Matt. Thank you, man. My pleasure, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. you. Big love.